So, you enjoy Dyson Pipes. Perhaps you'd like to know more. Today, we learn a bit more about Brian, the de facto DM. When is the last time I played? Uh, obviously, prior to this podcast. Oh, boy. Um, I played my last game sometime in like 97, 98, maybe. We were running uh, Ravenloft, and it was one of those things, uh, you know, li- little Billy Jr., son of a bitch down the street, uh, couldn't make it one week. And then the next week, somebody gets stricken down with, with, with gingivitis, and they couldn't make it. And it just, eventually that campaign uh, faded away. I've always GM'd, yeah. DM'd, GM'd, uh, whatever games we were playing. Uh, I've played here or there, but it's the stories. I enjoy the stories. I would often, if I was running with a new group, uh, go into like the, the, the gaming shop, or the comic shop, and I was doing one shots, or I was going to run an extended campaign for for strangers. the The criticism often was that I would bulldoze my way through the story, and this campaign is going to end in one or two sessions because I just I just go, and it, after two three weeks, when these people realize that in my in my mania, in my mind, uh, the swirling abyss that is the the gray matter in my skull, I never have a deficiency of ideas. Yeah, sure, I have, uh, I have notebooks and notebooks and binders and binders full of half-finished ideas. And what better way to utilize half-finished ideas than D&D or tabletop games? Because all you really need is a beginning and an end. You don't got to worry about the rest of this shit. That's what the players are for. Give me the middle. Middle's the hardest part. I got one, two, three, four people sitting across from me that can give me the middle. The beginning and the end. That's, I, I, that's, that's my forte, is writing a beginning and an end. That's all I need. A favorite pipe. Do I have a... Well, <clears throat> yeah, I do have a favorite pipe. I guess it's more a, of a most important pipe. And I got this pipe probably maybe four years ago uh, when I was running my old podcast. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, he started out as a listener, became a friend of the show, sent me this homemade pipe. No idea what it's made out of. It's like a straight billiard. Uh, I think it's made out of briar. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to have some kind of disease in my blood because of how much I smoke out of it. But that pipe got me into it. Uh, my co-host at the time was really big into cigars. I couldn't do the cigar thing. It was it was too much. It was too much for me. And my my softer sensibilities. But the pipe, I really got into it and the the art form of smoking the pipe and, and tamping down the ash to keep the fire going. The the calmness and serenity that it brings, the provoking of thought that is just inherent with smoking a pipe. You can't you can walk around and you can smoke a cigarette. And obviously you can walk around and smoke a pipe. It's not like it's illegal to do that. But typically, if you're going to smoke a pipe, you're sitting down. Picture uh, the, the, the old man in his study in a rich leather chair with a nice glass of Cabernet 
his nose is red from all the alcohol, and he's, and he's contemplating while he's puffing on his pipe. That's what I enjoyed about it. After the most important pipe, my favorite is probably... My favorite pipe maker, I think, is uh, Eric Nording. His pipes are the product of the abyss. <laughs> That's the best way that I can put it. They are crazy, crazy pipes, and I love them. I have a bent billiard, partially rusticated, so it, it looks like it's made from a tree stump that's melting. It's amazing. It's feather light. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible feat of ingenuity to make these pipes. I mean, of course I got favorite tobaccos. Everyone's got those that, uh, that's into this. But I think it always evolves. Uh, the funny thing about smoking pipes is you're always on that quest to either find the perfect pipe or the perfect tobacco. Chris is a victim of both. I think without exaggeration, no exaggeration, he's got 25 billion pipes. <laughs> That's without exaggeration. <laughs> 17 pounds of tobacco, I think is what he's at. Uh, that is legitimate. That, that's not me joking. I think he does have 17 pounds of tobacco. If he smoked one pipe a day, his tobacco would last him until our sun went supernova. <laughs> right now, my favorite tobaccos for aromatics are Cult Blood Red Moon. It's like a chocolate cherry. Very delicious. And if, if I have people in the studio who do not typically smoke of anything then I'll break out the cult because the, the, the room note is so mellow and so soft and very f fruity, I guess. Uh, that cherry really comes through on the room note, so it's very pleasant to smell. It's not like a cigar where it's acrid and it burns your nose. It's very pleasant to smell. Outside of aromatics, I would have to say, right now I'm a big fan of uh, pirate cake. Pirate cake is delicious. It's like 75% Latakia, so it's got that that woodsy outdoor campfire smell that I love. It's not overpowering. It's, you know, Latakia seems like it, in the smell, whether it's from the tin or the smell in the room, is very smoky, very heavy. And there's some kind of witchcraft that happens when you smoke it. In, inside of my mouth parts, where the smoke goes, it doesn't taste like that. It doesn't taste like ash and burning fire. It's very soft and delicate. It's amazing. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is mixing pipes and games with, with alcohol. You know, we're not, we're not a couple of, a couple of uh, frat guys getting bombed on keg stands or jello shots. We're trying to be a little more refined. Gentlemanly, perhaps, is the way to put it. I envision a game table which I guess is the genesis of this podcast, uh, I, I envision a game table where you have disposable income. Perhaps you live on your own. Perhaps you've moved out of, of the nest. You have your own place. I envision this game room set up where you have the table and I see people eating cheesy poofs and, and drinking Mountain Dew. And... I would never disparage the good goddamn name of Cheetos. Don't get me wrong. Believe you me, I have had a Cheeto or two in my time. <laughs> but, and I'm not saying that's a wrong way to play. 
I'm simply putting forth the idea of sitting down and playing a, a, a tabletop game while you're sipping on a fine spirit or a fine wine even. Chris isn't big into the wine. I'm more of the wine guy. But imagine the last game session we played. I'll, I'll throw it this way. Uh, we record all of our game sessions in advance because those take a lot of work. So as of the recording of this little teaser that you're forcing me to do, we're about 12 hours in. Now I just want to throw this, this out there. We're playing Wrath and Glory for our Warhammer episode. And I have a nice Rossi author pipe that's sitting in a little pipe rest and pirate cake slowly smoking out the top of it while I'm describing a scene to Chris. Next to me is a large glass goblet on some kind of contraption with a candle underneath it that warms up the alcohol. So while I'm explaining the scene to Chris, I'm slowly rotating my goblet, warming through my cinnamon whiskey. Now while Chris is doing what he's doing, rolling tests or doing combat or whatever he's doing, I'm sipping on this warmed cinnamon whiskey and as he asks me questions, I'm contemplating the answers by, by puffing away on my pirate cake-filled pipe. While I'm describing a scene to Chris, a very intense scene, I'm going on for maybe two, three minutes explaining this. He's leaning back in his chair with a goblet of warmed whiskey in his hand and a pipe hanging out of his mouth, just relaxing and taking it in as I describe the scene to him. These things force you to slow down. You're enjoying. You're taking it all in. What better way to play this game than really taking it all in? Now imagine you have a group of people. And I'm not saying every single person at the table has to have a huge church warden Gandalf pipe hanging out of their mouth. Imagine the scene of everyone just taking it all in. You go on Reddit and you look at dungeon masters complaining about their groups or other players to be fair complaining about their groups and so many times you see player a is on his phone tweeting and, and insta chatting and whatever the fuck they're doing on their phone someone else is constantly getting up to go get another beer you're all coming together for three four five sometimes six eight ten hours some of these game sessions like these guys are troopers man they go they go but they're not really there, are they? And it, this transcends gaming. I mean, you could drive around anywhere and look around and everyone's on their phone. Everyone's hopefully listening to this on their phone. <laughs> Don't put your phone away just yet. Give me a few more minutes. You know, you're at the table and you're not really there. But if you were to slowly enjoy the ambiance around you and the things that are around you and let all of your senses encroach on this game how much better would that be i mean what what, what the greatest drink that, that's obvious it's the old-fashioned i've already mentioned this in the last uh, teaser that we cut together yeah it's the old-fashioned what a great drink what a great and simple drink it is you know when i was a kid going to the bars i'm getting budweiser that's all i'm getting bud light drinking the beers partying with my friends getting fat couldn't do it anymore I wanted something new, and I came across America's oldest cocktails. And when I think of cocktails back then, I was thinking a Cosmo. Uh, I was thinking of sex on the beach or a fuzzy navel, perhaps. Ugh, terrible. I'm not ordering that shit. 
I cannot see myself going to a bar. Oh, hello. Can I have a uh, peach schnapps fuzzy queen, please? I can't do it. But I see America's oldest cocktails. The, the old-fashioned was at the top of that list. I don't know if it's actually the oldest cocktail, but it's at the top of most people's lists. At least it's the most, uh, it's the oldest cocktail of any notoriety, maybe. What a manly, cool drink. That I am okay with ordering. When it's made properly and when it's made with care, it is an incredible drink. It doesn't get you hammered. It doesn't give you headaches. It doesn't give you a hangover. It doesn't give you cotton mouth. It is a perfect drink. You can't chug it. You know, it's not, if you want to chug, go back to the, 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 Budweiser, uh, the Budweiser. Go back to that. But if you want to sip and enjoy a drink while amongst friends or family, go with the old-fashioned. They're beautiful. They're beautiful drinks. I mean, this, this podcast came along over a year ago. We started talking about it. And it started with... Really, it started way before that because I started watching videos on uh, fifth edition D and D because I was kind of thinking about maybe getting back into it just on my own. And man, there's a lot of great YouTube channels out there that talk about this. You know, you got your your web DMs, you got your nerd archies, uh, taking twenty, Dawn Forged cast, how to be a great GM. There's so many channels. WASD twenty. So many great channels out there filled, a metric shit ton of these channels filled teaching people how to play. The weird thing, though, as somebody who commutes to work, I have about an hour and a half commute each way. There's not very many podcasts on the issue. So Chris and I are talking one day, and we were talking about how funny it would be to have a couple of goofballs like us come back to D&D after... 20 years, roughly. Not touched it in 20 years. You know, and me personally, the first thing I thought was, it's going to sound like shit. I mean, you watch guys play on YouTube or you listen to like Critical Role, right? Critical Role is the the benchmark. How are we going to compete with that? You know, and Chris had a very salient point and he said, we don't compete with that. Matt Mercer is a maestro. And his players are an orchestra. You can't compete with that. What we can do is be a couple of goofballs who are coming back 20 years later trying to figure out how to play and let everyone listen and watch as we stumble our way through it. What a brilliant idea. I got Chris into pipes, and he's really picked that ball up and ran with it. And the, the, the actual spark, the genesis of this podcast was we were playing Zombicide, in the studio uh, where we would do the podcast now and a game session that was supposed to take, I think it was like the intro mission. It's slated for like 30 to 60 minutes. It took us two hours because we're sitting there sipping on our drinks, puffing away on our pipes and trying to be as strategic as humanly possible. And it was the most fun three hour gaming session I might have ever had. Chris, we're onto something. So we, we massaged it and we've changed it and we've altered it and we've come up with ideas of how we want the show to go because we're not experts. We're not going to be able to sit down and tell you how to play, how to be good at role-playing. We've, we've got, I think, 15 hours of 
of gameplay under our belts. I think Chris finally did his first voice. It took us 15 hours to get there. And I really only have three voices, and then I go into the computer and change them a little bit more. Like, we're not... We're two middle-aged dudes trying to have fun. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we're playing in a cabin in the middle of the woods, hiding from our wives, because if they ever caught us, we would, we would, we would probably have to sleep in the cabin. <laughs> the idea of two shows... Chris is, is huge into Warhammer, and Wrath and Glory... Uh, just came out. We got our hands on the, the PDF a while ago. We did some practice game sessions just to see if we were going to enjoy it. Uh, and then the, my, I, I pre-ordered the, the hardcover, and that showed up. And we love it. We love it. And Warhammer is, is just an incredible place to really change up the story. And originally what it was going to be is just two gameplay sessions back-to-back, of D&D and, and Warhammer, and we decided if there's a Warhammer fan, we don't want them to have to slog through D&D shit, and if there's a D&D fan, we don't want them to have to sit through hours of Warhammer shit. So I said, why don't we just do two episodes a week, one focusing on D&D, one focusing on Warhammer? I mean, they're going to be completely different campaigns, right? You know, D&D is very fantasy, very bright and vibrant. I'm making it a little darker. You know, my, a lot of my, my, my influences in the world are horror, zombies, uh, cosmic horror, like Lovecraft type shit. So it's going to have a little darker edge to it, but ultimately D&D is a very bright and vibrant place. And then you have Warhammer, and Warhammer is going to be a dark, visceral experience. It's, it's, it's a tale of a guy fighting elves and throwing fireballs around and a lone soldier brutally murdering other people. It, it's, it's a tale of two shows. And how great is that? And especially if you're into both, they're palate cleansers for each other. I, I think it's going to be a great thing. We're out there now. You know, we're, we're trying to make friends in the world. Uh, this isn't my first rodeo as far as podcasts go. I, 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 I enjoy being the new kid on the block and, and meeting people and getting out there. Uh, and this time around, I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. You know, I'm getting involved in Kickstarter. Uh, I'm, I'm part of two Kickstarters as of the recording of this, this teaser. I, I, I'm a backer for Veil, uh, Veil of the Void, which is supposed to be like a sci fantasy tabletop game. Very interested to see how that goes. And uh, Hero Book GM. It's like a basically a book to help Dungeon Masters and Game Masters keep track of uh, all the shit that goes on in a campaign. These are things that I saw that I enjoyed that I believed in. And I'm going to start reaching out to these guys to see if they want to you know, be part of the show. Come on and promote what they're making. There's, there's amazing shit out there. There's amazing shit. And I want to be part of it. I want to get my, get my toes wet. Yeah, we're on um, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Search for Dyson Pipes. You'll find us. We're trying, to, we're trying to make friends. We're very, very happy to make friends. I'm sorry that they have to be friends with us because we're knuckleheads. But <laughs> This spring, you can look forward to a couple of guys that have three very unique hobbies that have smushed them together. And we're not particularly good at any of them. But at least we're open about it. We're honest about it. We make fun of ourselves. And how great is it going to be? 
a year later, 100 episodes later, whatever we decide to do, where we go back and we listen to our very first gameplay session and see how far we've come in the last gameplay session a year later. You know, the last one that we record a year later. How cool is that going to be? You know, it, it is like riding a bike. You don't really forget, but the bike is also kind of a rusty bitch of a bike <laughs> that's not afraid to stab you and uh, give you tetanus. <laughs> I'm Brian, the de facto DM, and I hope all of you join us this spring for the launch of this this disaster. So, there you have it. Brian, the de facto DM. Tune into our next teaser where we learn about the player player. Hate a player. Chris. Until then, find us on Podbean, iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. The universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war, there is only dice and pipes. <laughs> <laughs>